Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hi, it's Ethan Skolnick from Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about a couple of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. The first is East Coast Public Adjusters, which wants to let you know there's only 10 months left to open your IRMA claim. So call now before it's too late. That's 855-GET-ECPA, 855-GET-ECPA. You've got a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues. Those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less for a free no obligation inspection call east coast public adjusters they've been in business for 31 years that's all the way since 1988 when the miami heat were born here's the number again 855 get ecpa or visit their website ecpaclaims.com their knowledgeable staff standing by to take all of your questions and another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network and of course that is auto nation the largest auto retailer from coast to coast their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in south florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars trucks and suvs toyota honda chevrolet mercedes benz and much much more if you're looking to buy pre-owned shop auto nation's huge selection of one price pre-owned vehicles all clearly marked with one price their lowest price guaranteed to get rid of that old car and turn it into cash today you'll get a top dollar offer and a check the very same day from AutoNation. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Here's what you need to do. We've had several people do this and have a great experience. DM me at 5 Reason Sports, that at 5 Reason Sports on Twitter. I will give your information to a senior manager at AutoNation and they will help you through the entire buying process. And now, today's episode. Welcome to 5 on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney. AKA Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on the Five on the Floor podcast and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Today I have the privilege to talk to two members of the Miami Heat front office, Andy Ellisberg and Adam Simon, down here at American Airlines Arena. And what we wanted to do, or what I wanted to do, was kind of go through how the Heat has been able to use the G League to its advantage and bring in the kind of players that will fit here in the program. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. Glad to, do. Glad to be here today. Appreciate it. Um, I want to go through a little history of it first for people who don't understand kind of, I guess, how the G League became the G League and how we went from kind of, you know, multi you know, team affiliates with, with several teams that were, or that were kind of sending right. players to right. one. Um, and just looking at it, it looks like, you know, sometime between, I guess, 2009, 2015, there was this kind of transition yeah. to one team. How, how did that change things? Well, the, when the NBA, you know, basically you know, took over the ownership, essentially, of the, of the G League or what was sort of initially there was a CPA, which is way, way back when where where teams had affiliate relationship and then the NBA sort of formed the G League. Um, some teams that were when the CBA folded were absorbed in. The Skyforce were one of the teams. Other teams were were new teams that came in, and they basically just assigned team you know teams NBA teams to these G League teams. And it was generally somewhere between three to four G League te- NBA teams per G League team because that was at the time that was much 
smaller group of them. And, you know, we were, I think, in Iowa at one point in time. I think we were with a team that was up in Fort Myers at one point in time. And then as the shuffling went through, you, you some teams were beginning to take on one-to-one relationships with them. And we wound up being, um, it partnered up with the, with the Sky Force in, in Sioux Falls. And as we started to sort of begin to take use of it, and working a little bit with the Sky Force people, we found we had a really symbiotic relationship with the ownership of the, of the Sky Force. Mm-hmm. It has been, you know, I think that now the longest standing, you know, um, G League team, you know, I think in a minor league basketball. And it was a lot of the same kind of, you know, values we had. Um, you know, it's a family owned ownership. Um, I think it's a really great support. And they were in the process of, um, of, you know, building a new facility out there to be able to, you know, to play in that was just a really gorgeous facility and the kind of facility you want to play in right around the time as teams were beginning to, you know, really start to commit to single ownership mm-hmm. or single proprietorship. And so because so many things made sense and we really liked the relationship, we decided to move forward in a one-to-one relationship with, with the Sky Force and become a, initially a hybrid team. And then, um, Several years into it, we wound up uh, purchasing an interest in it and are now partners with them. Um, and it's been fantastic. I mean, it really has been has been great support there. I think the fan support out there is really special. Uh, I think they care about it. Uh, when our players are there, I think they can tell that the games matter, that the games you're you know, what you're playing in matters, what you're doing matters. You have, you have a first-class facility out there, first-class field house, great support from the, from the staff that is there. And it creates a great environment for our guys when we get out there, even though, you know, it's a couple a couple plane, plane rides to get there. I was going to ask about that. Uh, before I do, though, I want to get, because I think people know your history, Andy, and kind of when you broke in here. But for people who are not as familiar with everything Adams has done here the past few years, what was your first year with the Heat again? 95, 96. Okay. I uh, walked in a Miami arena. Andy was there to greet me. And he said, go down the hall, make a left. There's a guy named Eric Spolstra that will tell you what to do and that was my first day it was a preseason game uh, our first preseason game of that season and so that's that was my first entry into the Miami Heat and I interned with Eric uh, on game nights that first night Eric recommended me uh, back up to the front office I did another internship full year two years of internship uh, interning with the Heat and in the summer I was hired full-time so let me get to the, the thing that Andy brought up there at the end, which is he said is two plane rides to get there. I think uh, when people think of, uh, you know, minor league teams, a lot of times they'll think, as you mentioned Estero. The team was in Estero for a little while. I remember making that trip with Darrell Wright once. <laughs> Andy, meant, he forgot to mention we were in Little Rock, Arkansas. We were in Albuquerque. We were in a couple <laughs> other places a couple other as well. Spots, uh, before yeah. you got out there. But what this is one, I posed this question on, on Twitter to people when I said I was doing this, you know, kind of, you know, what they were interested in. One of the things I think that intrigues people is how you, because you guys talk about culture here, but how you infuse a culture in a place that is literally completely opposite part of the country. I mean, what are the challenges that, that have come in, even with all the great facilities and everything else, to just having a place that is just so far? I think what we've really tried to do is incorporate our coaches. Three of our coaches started here mm-hmm. in our in our program in Miami. So they, they were here for many years, uh, Pat Delaney mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Craig, who's with us, mm-hmm. and uh, now Eric Glass. So They've 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 breathed it. They've uh, you know they've had it every single day of their careers of being in the under our program here. And so for them, it's really easy. A couple other coaches we didn't uh, that didn't come through our program 
they had to get caught up. Mm-hmm. And we try to we try to have them involved as much as possible. Draft workouts, summer league, mm-hmm. off season workouts, um, as much as we can do. And uh, credit to to Coach Spo. He he, it's a priority to him to develop his coaches and and have them. Um, understand exactly what we're doing here and replicate that. The, the players are different, obviously. They're different types of players of, of their abilities and, and their games. But as much as we can have those guys doing as much as what we're doing up here, mm-hmm. that that is not, you know on the court, they're doing the same, but also um, video room sessions, um, nutrition, uh, any sort of preparation. Um, our coaches are doing almost exactly what we're doing up here. And to, and to a certain degree, I think one of the things that, um, you know, when we took over the hybrid and we had the philosophical, you know, commitment to do this because we could see where the opportunities were to be able to develop young players and be able to be able to, um, you know, work with guys, you know, um, while they're developing up and utilizing what really this was, was the commitment from, you know, our ownership and, and management and Coach Riley and the Arisons and then down to us that this was going to be a key part of what we did and this would be part of our group. It wasn't just okay. We're gonna have a separate G League, you know, team that's gonna be separate, separate management, separate thing. This became under my priority and under, you know, obviously Adam as general manager and Chet Cameras and Eric Spolstra in terms of people that were part of his staff and you know keeping his, you know, the group as part of the summer league and and part of training camp. So that was part of you know his, the coaching staff is a offshoot of his his staff, you know, and it's part of our management. And so this was going to be our priority. And so that sort of philosophy of how we were kind of going to do it our way there, how we approached it, what we saw that that was going to be a priority of what we were doing, uh, I think, you know, that sort of sets a tone. Um, and I think that there's some advantages of the fact that, you know, the, the distance away has some some challenges and some advantages. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's a challenge where you have to, you know, take two flights. Although, you know, getting there is not as difficult as what's would have thought, you know, from I can get from Miami to Sioux Falls through Atlanta, Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago, Denver, Phoenix. pretty much in Phoenix, pretty much from those cities I can get around the world. Mm-hmm. So often, you know, you're catching it, you know, from different places. We're on the road and you might wind up mm-hmm. in a road trip somewhere. We're in Chicago and then Sky Force is there the next day. You're able to sort of bridge the gap, whether it's for players or coaches having to come and have come and go. So there's some challenges where you have to get there. But one of the things that I think that is really good there. It's for the managements there, for the coaches, and for the you know the man, you know and our our GMs, they're in charge, mm-hmm. they're there, and it's been a great development for them. It's a great experience for them to be able to get you know really hands on management of being in charge. As you know, when you're mm-hmm. you know there's no substitute for being in charge of something mm-hmm. and you know, having to deal with the mistakes, the things that go well, things that don't go well, and be accountable for those kinds of things. And look, we're a phone call away if there's ever a problem. And you know, I I'll you know each of us will go there handful of times a year so that there isn't really anyone has to go, you know, all the time. So I'm, I'm usually there probably about half a dozen times, mm-hmm. probably, you know, of, of us the same. So that and we try to kind of make it so that there's no more than any two-week period that we have touched them in person, mm-hmm. you know, so that they know that they're constantly, we're, we're there with them so that, you know, we're, we're able to have our appearances. But when they're there, they're there and they're in charge and coaches are responsible for making decisions and having to deal with those kinds of issues you have to deal with. And that's, um, I think one of the things I think it helps that. And I think, um, you know, I think from a player's perspective, you know, when we used to, used to bring players into training camp, mm-hmm. 
and you'd sign, you know, we have a, you're able to have 20 in the offseason. You cut down to a 15-man roster. Now it's a 17 with two-way players. And those five players, you know, you'd have to sort of, you know, maybe have a roster spot open and you have to choose between three or four players to one roster spot. You know, hope you chose right. And then the rest of the players would scatter away. Mm-hmm. Now that the fact that they're able to sort of, if they don't make your NBA team, they're going to your G League team, that there's a sense that it's not just, okay, we have one month to make an impression. That you have an opportunity really for a player who signs with us, you're developing for the whole year with the Miami Heat. It's either the Miami Heat or, or either Miami Heat in Miami, in Miami or the Miami Heat organization in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense that you have a chance to really to have more of a relationship with them, see how they're developing. And maybe you find out someone, maybe in October wasn't ready, but in December or January and February becomes more ready. And you're able to spend that time in developing them and then with a chance for them to move, to move on up. And so it creates, you know, a, the fact you're having those relationships you know, it creates a tremendous advantage. I know both of you guys are fans of teams and other sports. Um, you mentioned the two-way contract, something that just came in a couple of years ago, which I know is something that the organization wanted and a lot of other organizations wanted. Um, obviously, baseball has been the sport that has used the minor league system more so than, than any others. Are there lessons that you took from kind of how other, maybe other teams and other sports or, or use this in terms of how to use this as a tactical advantage? You know, one of the things, you know, when I first got involved, you know, when we were first involved, that you know, kind of looked at what some other teams had done. And one of the things I think you you like to think, um, you know, some teams that had guys there for a significant period of time wasn't just day up, day down. The fact you were there for a month, maybe here for, you know, for players are going back and forth that there was more more longer time with the team there than maybe just, you know, a day here, day there, um, you know, that you were able to really allow them to be part of, incorporate part of the team. I think that was, you know, something you saw with Detroit and Amir Johnson um, back in the day. I remember when we were looking at it, seeing how kind of his development of how, how valid it happened. You know, I talked to San Antonio a lot, and they talked about really the importance of of how you, you know, you have to maintain keeping keeping close to the team, close to, close to the team. Um, but I think you also try to look at it like baseball, I think, where this isn't, you know, I think there's a tendency for people sometimes to think this is punishment, you know, that being in, involved, it's development. It isn't punishment. It's about, you know, how you can take, you know, for some players who I think are, who are you know, for whatever reason, miss, the, they don't get cut. They should have been, you know, shouldn't have been cut, whatever. They didn't wind up on a team and they go to the development league and they get another opportunity and they have a chance to, you know, to, to make it come into the into the NBA. But in other players, sometimes they're just not ready. And it's an opportunity really to take advantage of development, which is, I think, where you see in baseball, where you really, you know, you take guys who are going to be ultimately in the major leagues and say, you know, we're making them better, improving their skills. So when they make in the NBA, ultimately making a major league baseball, they're able to stay in major league baseball. Yeah, I think the advantage, what Andy was talking about before, is for us, we don't look at it like we're shuttling players for the distance. We don't, we're not shuttling guys game to game. We have to on on occasion when we have injuries with the heat but we look at it when a, when our when we assign a player to Sioux Falls that they're there for a period of time where they're focused on being with the team and and, and spending time there working on their game getting those minutes getting those reps and they're not just thinking about hey when am I getting back to Miami mm-hmm. they're there to work and put in the time and I, and I think for us having that team in, you know having a team in Sioux Falls gives us that it, that's the advantage for us mm-hmm. it's not send a guy, send a player there, and he's ready. He's already thinking about being back with the parent club. Let's let's keep the focus on development and putting in the time and, and spending the time with our 
our G League coaches. And, and, and you're playing those games that those games matter. When you're going there, there's a game and there's expectation that, you know, that game matters. It's not just, okay, I get 20 minutes of the game time tonight. We want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, we like winning. <laughs> we don't like losing. Um, at the, whether it's the, the G League level or the NBA level, we don't like to lose. Um, and uh, we don't take it well. Um, so we want you know, guys, when they go there to approach the games there, like their matter. It's not just, okay, I got some reps in, get some points up, and whatever happens in the game doesn't matter. Um, You've had all kinds of guys, uh, different types of players come through there and have success. But you mentioned earlier kind of this is a, a program thing where obviously it's an organization you're trying to develop players that are going to fit here, right? How do, how do you sort of draw that balance between kind of um, obviously the, this team comes first because this is the primary club, but the balance between the kind of player you're trying to develop for here and maybe how someone will fit in that kind of Sioux Falls. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Culture, so to speak. Yeah, and we, you know, I think we're always, whenever I have a question, whenever there's something that's, uh, um, you know, we think that it's important for the Sky Force, having a player for the Sky Force, you know, and I, and I run it up, you know, to Andy, we always try to keep the main thing of what's the priority for the heat. And that that's what comes first. And, you know, if, if, if a player is important for or needed here and what they're going to do for our team, that's obviously the most important thing. Um, once that is taken care of, once we have everything that's our priority for the, the heat, then it's a matter of trying to get those players into Sioux, into our program in Sioux Falls and having them there and doing whatever they need to do to be ready to when, when, they're, when their number's called um, to be back here. Now, the great thing is we've, you know, we've had a bunch of players um, that have uh, come through our program, we've brought them up here, and they've had a lot of success here. I think one thing that gets overlooked too or there, there's been players that we've liked coming out of the summer whether it was we got them after the draft or through summer league and they didn't make our team and we we had them in Sioux Falls and they 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 didn't live up to what we thought they were so as much as we benefited from having players succeed I think the Sky Force has been good for us also to, to save us on whatever financial commitment or time that we would have potentially had if we had signed them right away for the heat, mm-hmm. now we've been able to weed out some of those players that, that didn't fit up to that culture, mm-hmm. that, that the, the culture that we want to have or the type of player we want to have. So there's, it's great to have the success, but it also helps us um, avoid some misses. Uh, that players that didn't make Look, it. We, we had an example with Tyler Johnson. You know, we, he came in and had a you know came into summer league and you know, made an impression in summer league. And then when we came time, we had an open spot on the roster and. 
you know, he didn't have as, as strong a training camp or as strong as preseason. Mm. You know, other guys had, you know, we needed for the roster, so we made a different decision. He went to Sioux Falls, and he played well. I mean, he really did went down that went there and made an impact, you know, on and off the court. And, you know, how he approached it, you know, he he approached it the way to say, you know, I'm a, I know I'm, I'm, better I know I belong in the NBA and sometimes players approach that by pouting and saying well it's not unfair mm-hmm. he didn't pout he went down there and said I'm going to show you I'm better every day mm-hmm. and he was great in the community he was great in with the team and he really played well and after you know a month or two of the season the player we had kind of wasn't you know had plateaued and hadn't quite playing as well and Tyler's playing really well and Adam said to me, hey, you know, <laughs> we may, we, we, someone may grab him soon. We may really want to think about it. And yeah. said we, so he said, okay, let's, let's make, make a move a little bit beforehand because we were sort of be able to, to kind of keep an eye ahead of the game. And but isn't that one of the difficult things to decide, like that moment, like where you're afraid to go? I mean, it happened to Golden State with Kendrick, right? To a certain degree, right? Like that's, I mean, they. Yeah, look, you're, you're, you have a relatively short period of time to make a decision on, on guys, and then you don't know, you know, and you're trying to decide kind of where you think they are, where you think they're going to develop, and what your team need is at mm-hmm. any particular moment in time. Because mm-hmm. you only have 15 roster spots at the NBA. So the, this is obviously before the two ways. The two ways give you a little bit more flexibility to be able to develop a, a, a player who may not be quite ready and being able to sort of manage that in between period of time. But at the time, you had to decide, okay, what do I need n- not only for my um, – you know, w- trying to, to, to guesstimate on the development of the player and what the kind of moves that, he, you know, he's going to make, but also what your team needs are. And you had to try to sort of balance those as uh, well as consolidately as you can of what ki- of what it can be. And then sometimes you made the right choice and you grabbed the right guy. And sometimes, you know, you made the wrong choice or the guy who didn't develop the way you thought he was going to or the player that you'd let go was able to develop a little bit more and you're able to sort of keep that player in the family as it were be able to sort of see their development a little bit more have your coaches with them on a daily basis and see what's going on you know you know and because of that, because you're focused on that, you pay attention to other rosters. Adam was one of the first ones to recognize after, you know, Hassan Whiteside got waived, you know, from Memphis and looked and said, you know, after first or second game, he said, hey, that guy's <laughs> putting up some really impressive numbers. We need to really mm-hmm. look at it. And we were one of the first people to make the call to, him, to his agent to saying, hey, we want to try to get him for the NBA roster. And that was, you know, because you had the development league, you're paying attention. So it's not just you're looking at your own rosters, you're looking at other people's rosters too and trying to see where the opportunities are to be able to you know get someone to be able to transition to the to the NBA and find talent because we're trying to find the best talent we can for the Miami Heat and that's what our goal is that's what our goal has always been and I think you know we're also you know doing it in a way to make you know you know, a productive team for the Sky Force. Before we close here, I want to, I mean, you guys have had so many success stories lately that it's almost hard to keep track, but, <laughs> and I know that kind of when you have one, that there's an expectation that the next guy who comes up is going to do the same thing, which I know is not always possible, but just want to go through a couple guys with you. Um, I, I think people are sort of stunned by not the fact that Duncan Robinson can shoot, because we all knew that but that he's done the other things well enough to be able to be a significant contributor this year. Adam, can you go a little through sort of Duncan's sort of road to getting to this place? Yeah, so, you know, we 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 prepare for the draft, uh, obviously, all, all year long and, and evaluate players. And, and, and Duncan's a, a fifth-year senior who's a sixth man at Michigan. And, you know, 
we, we, we were preparing and, and we're going through our workouts, uh, not only here in Miami, but traveling around the country watching players. And, and, and you know, Chet, Chet Cameron and I, we talk obviously um, all year long about players. And, and, and Chet calls me and he's like, Adam, you know, I'm watching this workout in California. And Duncan is just, you know, he's unbelievable in this, in this, in this workout. He's, his, his shooting is elite. And we say, sure, Chet, like, you know, I mean, we like Duncan, but like, you know, this, he, you know, you, you talk about a fifth year player, not even averaging 10 points a game mm-hmm. coming off the bench. And now, you know, you're, you're think you think he's an NBA prospect mm-hmm. and Chet's like, you know, well, I don't know what his upside could be, but I know he's an elite shooter. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, well, let's just try to get him into our program. You know, I don't know if he'll be drafted or not, but let's just try to get him anyway, which way we can. And so we, we, we end up getting him um, for summer league and put him through our program. And he shows us, hey, not only can he perform at that level, mm-hmm. but there is other parts of his game that um, not only he can do, but it, with the right development and right uh, in our program, he might be able to, to show that he can, um, he can make it at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting him to, uh, after summer league, we were able to tie him into the two-way contract and, and put him in Sioux Falls. And this is he's a perfect example of what we're, we're what we've just spent time talking about. Having him up there last year, um, again, the shooting, like you said, we know he we could he could shoot. Mm-hmm. Could he do it at that level against professional players? Um, but he, you know, to credit to him, he's come in every day. Mm-hmm. He's he's asked what he could be better at. Um, and the ability to not only um, make plays um, without the ball, getting open, um, his, his moving, his cutting, uh, his, his ability to make plays for others, and his, his dedication and, and focus into the defensive end is something that you can just say, hey, our coaches have done a great job, but it, it takes a special player. And, uh, you know, really give him a lot of credit for putting in that time and saying, hey, I can shoot, yeah, I know I can do this at, at any level, but to put, put in the time to do the other things that have made him um, an asset and, and, and just get the trust of Coach Spo to play him, it, it's amazing. He's, he's real special. And I think that it's, it's a credit to, I think, to all the, the parts of the, the both the Miami Heat and Skyforce staff that kind of worked with him as well. The work that Duncan put in is obviously unparalleled. That was his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, the nutrition group and it was the coaching group that worked with him, was available. And, you know, he's an example of what, you know, there are times I said we talked earlier about players who, whatever reason missed they got cut shouldn't have been cut and they wound up going he's an example of a player who wasn't ready and said okay how do i get ready you know how do i change my body how do i change my understanding of the game and the other nuances part of the game how do i become ready and becoming starting with a two-way contract and then spending a lot of time in the sky force and then coming up on the nba roster and not playing that much playing a little bit role in little moments here or there and starting to transition what you've the time you've learned in the Sky Force to be able to help a little bit the NBA roster, then going through another summer mm-hmm. of continuing to work with your body and change your body and get ready for an opportunity. And then, you know, and the, and the final piece of it is obviously cannot be unsaid is the, is the commitment for both Coach Riley and Coach Bolstra for players uh, like this. Mm-hmm. The commitment of roster spots, the commitment of believing in them. And if you look back at 
Pat's history of uh, Kurt Rambis, who was a starter for maybe one of the greatest teams to ever play the game of basketball as an undrafted guy and was a starter for that team. And in New York, whether, you know, looking at you know, John Starks Amazing. and Anthony Mason are guys that came through similar paths. And Udonis has them with, with us, Joel Anthony with us, Bruce Bowen with us. There's a number of players who have, you know, you know, may not have been ready at various points in time that got opportunities. Now the G League has gives us more aff- afford opportunities with it. And Duncan's delays example of a guy who's kind of worked his way in and now he's only got himself onto a roster, but he's now got himself a role mm-hmm. and now got himself to a starting role. So, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, he's, you know, it's great to see. He's moved on quite a bit. Final thing. Um, I, I remember talking to Erica about three years ago about wanting these two way contracts and they ended up happening. Is there something else now that you think that the NBA should be looking at to to make the system even better? Would you have a recommendation, Adam? I'll leave that with our manager, Andy. <laughs> you know, to me, I think the biggest challenge with it that I've sort of suggested to them is, is that, you know, the last time you can uh, sign a two-way contract is in mid-January. I probably would prefer it to be after the trade deadline, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's some discussion about whether or not would you want more players. Like right now, each team has two players for a two-way contract. Is it better to go to the third player? Um, I've kind of been in favor of keeping it at two because I think you still want to maintain the G League as a place for teams to be able to have talent that you need. If we need a point guard somewhere, if we need a two guard, or we need a three, you know, you want to make sure that that's, that there's still available talent for guys to come in that's not necessarily just being held by one team. You know, because right now, to some degree, the best 60 players in the G League, more or less, are not available. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously some out, out, outliers in that, but a majority of it, you know, is not available. If it was 90, I think it'd be a little bit of a concern. So I think there's a balance between maintaining the the G League as being an open opportunity for players and be, us being able to find. But also, I think what the two-way contract gives is, is that if you're really committing to somebody the resources, you're not worried about losing them in the middle of the night. You have a chance really to develop them over a period of time and kind of develop them at a pace without having to kind of be rushed because someone else suddenly has an open roster spot and now that opens up the door. But I think to be able to sort of reshuffle a little bit, you know, because as you have somebody who maybe be able is at a point in time that they are able to transition from a two-way contract to an NBA contract mm-hmm. and then being able to sort of be able to maintain that relationship with a two-way contract. That's probably, for me, the next level of it. I think they did a great job in changing uh, after the first year to allow the counting days a little bit more so it didn't include travel days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you had some horror stories uh, at one point in time when teams were short on dates where you had to send players on private on char- on a commercial aircraft because you couldn't fly them on the, on the charter craft to get to the city <laughs> that you're in. That wasn't really in anyone's best interest. But I think that <laughs> after a year of experimenting, we figured, okay, that didn't make sense. And so the league and well, players... Well, that's helped you this year, right, with Chris? Correct. Silva. Correct. Yeah. The first year, I think, when we didn't quite know exactly what we were doing with it, I think mm-hmm. it became clear around the league that that was becoming a little bit of a challenge. And the League and the Players Association got together and said, okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense because you, you want players to obviously earn, you know, it's a, a significant financial difference if you're an NBA day versus a G League day, right. you know, of, of what it is financially. But you also want to make sure that you're maximizing those days so mm-hmm. that they're being used at productive basketball days. And mm-hmm. So if it's an off day on the road and there's no practice and that's being used as a day, and that limits your days so that because at the end of the day it's really about the development and the opportunity and you're still seeing players to this day are able to transition that opportunity and Chris Salva is now the, the latest who is beginning to be able to, to make an impact with it. 
Do you want to defer to Andy's answer? Yeah, I mean, I think the G League has done a great job. I mean, they're they're the experimental league mm-hmm. of the NBA, and we've, we've we've you know we've been on the rules committees for for several years and experimenting and throwing ideas out there, and some they've absorbed. And you know, I think for them, until we get to a thirty for mm-hmm. thirty uh, in the G League, there's twenty eight teams now. I think the rules will continue to evolve and mm-hmm. and change. Uh, we talk about rights players, the G League. Uh, you know, having be, be able to hold the players' rights for two years, I think that's something that we can look at to give players more freedom to move instead of tying them up. And like Andy, it's it's a double edge here with the two ways because you're protecting two players, mm. which is great because if you find players that you like, you want to protect them. Um, but at the same time, you also, like we just mentioned, want to be able to add players during the season um, from the league. But as I always tell Andy, there's always players out there and mm. players are getting better. And that's what our job is to do is to find those players that 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 are out there like like Kane Dunn mm. um, Hendrick was last year. There's always players that are putting in that time to get better, to 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 help themselves. And that's those are the kind of guys we're looking for. We've 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 done this many years now together. And, and I, I feel like we've. We've identified the type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it heat DNA. What, mm-hmm. what, what are the kind of guys that we're looking for that could potentially make it? We don't always get them, but you got you got to sift through a lot of rocks to find the gold, and I think that's what we, we like to do here. Well, I want to thank you guys, Andy Ellisberg, um, Adam Simon. I think people were really looking forward to this to kind of go behind the scenes a little bit, so thanks for doing it. You're very thank welcome. You. Appreciate it. I want to thank Andy Ellisberg and Adam Simon for coming on today. Also want to thank another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle every possible kind of case that you have anywhere in the state. That includes immigration, also traffic tickets, personal injury, and so much more. They've got an office right in North Miami, right off of I-95, so you can come in and get your problem taken care of. I can tell you that they do a great job with traffic tickets because I've used them for that and I've gotten the result that I wanted. So check out the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. That's onecalllegal.com. Also check out 5reasonsports.com, the at 5 Reason Sports Twitter account, and everything else in the 5 Reason Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.